Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Today, I'm going to be doing a repeat of a podcast that I did before uh, on this topic, which is going to be why you may be hitting a plateau in your training. And the reason why I want to repeat this one is I think that even though a lot of the information might be quite similar to the one that I did before, I think that it can be communicated uh, potentially a little bit more effectively, efficiently, simply uh, for you guys. So this is really aimed at people who are coming towards the end of the beginner stage of their training or maybe already in the intermediate stage, excuse me, which is when we're going to start to see plateaus starting to occur. Now, before we get into the podcast itself, uh, if you enjoy the podcast and you're a regular listener, if you could leave it a five-star rating on Spotify, that would be amazing because it would allow more people to find it and give me more of an incentive to keep making episodes. And obviously share it with a friend if you think this one is something they would be interested in or any other episodes. Also, if you are interested in getting some programming done by me in a group setting, you might consider the Dysfunctional Gains group program that I've been running for about two months now. Uh, everybody who's who's doing it and is in the group is really enjoying it. It's a four-day upper-lower split program uh, where all of your training is designed by me um, in a group format. So everybody in the group does the same program. And we have a nice little chat um, messenger group where we can post videos, get technique feedback, have a bit of the crack. And uh, I also set weekly challenges for people that are fun too, like max chin-ups. This week they had a seven rep max on the Jefferson Curl. So if you think that's something you'd be interested in, uh, send me a message. You can get me at Dysfunctional Patterns on Instagram. Okay, without any further ado, let's get into the topic today, which is going to be plateaus and really my thoughts on why you're most likely plateaued based on my experience with working with quite a few people at this point and just the patterns that I see recurring. So first off, what I would say is that broadly speaking, there's two main reasons that I see for people being plateaued. Um, and they can you can have both of these things happening at the same time or just one of them. But the first is that you can be basically putting your effort into completely the wrong area, an area that doesn't really need your focus. And you can be completely ignoring an area that's actually really letting you down and affecting your progress. And the other reason can be basically just ignorance or denial of the certainty that you cannot get something that you've never had if you're not willing to do things that you've never done. So basically what that means is that as I've gotten stronger and managed to break my old PRs, in many ways, I've become more appreciative, but actually a lot less surprised. There's a lot less PRs that I have that catch me off guard. And in some ways, 
it can kind of affect how much of a celebration that I get from them because you have to work so hard to keep on setting more and more PRs as you get stronger that by the time that they happen, you should have had to put in so much work and form so many new habits that uh, it's almost not really a surprise. Like it should seem like an inevitability that this is just meant to happen because of all these new things that they've put in place. So first, let's look at, you know, focusing our energy in the wrong area. So the classic one for this that I see the, the vast majority of people who are plateaued with is they want to focus on the fine details of a program. They want to know what are the best exercises to be doing? Are they doing the right sets and reps? Um, are they doing, uh, you know, should they be doing a minute 30 rest between sets or should they be doing a minute 45 tempo of of the lift all of these kind of things that really it's it's not that they don't have any bearing whatsoever but it's that when you actually understand their context within an entire program and and your entire week of everything that goes into helping you get better they're really very minuscule and it's very rare that they're the thing that's actually holding somebody back. I, I like to try to give the analogy of like the the big rock that needs to be flipped in either in order for you to get more progress. And and these kind of program details tend to be more like little pebbles that just aren't really worth focusing your time and energy on. So most people will focus on that stuff. And they kind of have this idea in their head that the programming stuff is on an equal playing field to the importance of all the other stuff. And it's actually not because hypothetically, if you were doing a really good job on all the other stuff, like sleeping well, eating well, um, training with sufficient intensity, being really consistent in your training, etc., then yeah, then we could talk about programming equally. But the reality is that getting a good enough program is probably the easiest part of training, like just having the plan there in place. And then the hard part is executing it. So it tends to be less of the research and more of the actual execution of what you've researched that's holding people back. So the common ones that people will be ignoring and should probably be focusing more of their energy on, by far the biggest one I've seen would be nutrition. And this really ties into that idea of the necessity of doing more than you've done before to keep on making progress. And the, the simple reason that people don't manage to keep making progress is because nutrition and working on it is actually very difficult. It requires making pretty substantial changes to your day-to-day structure and your behaviors around food, um, the types of foods that you eat may need to alter. You probably have to put in some planning in advance as you get more advanced about 
you know, ensuring that you're going to have good nutritious food with you, which if you leave that up to chance when you're out in the base can really, you know, not end up materializing. So really diet is a huge one. I would say if you're not at least kind of 70 to 80% compliant with good nutrition protocols of getting in enough protein, making sure you're getting in enough calories. And then secondary to that for performance, but important for health is, you know, your, your vitamins and minerals from fruit and veg intake. If you're not like getting 70 to 80% of your food intake from pretty good sources, you really can't expect to make progress in the gym past that beginner stage. Uh, it's just unfortunately not realistic. And it's very, it's, it's probably the main reason why I think most people probably can't realistically expect to push into that intermediate stage uh, and push past plateaus because they, if they're being honest with themselves, don't want to make those changes to their nutrition. They don't want to sacrifice uh, being able to get multiple takeaways a week, going out binge drinking on the weekend, um, having desserts regularly, not having any kind of plan really in place for what they're going to eat day to day. Uh, and there's no judgment on my part with that because it's understandable because it's hard and it's inconvenient and it's very normal to value all those other aspects of food beyond just it fueling your performance. I mean, I don't really get it because I care much more about being able to feel strong and healthy by continuing to make progress in the gym than I do about, uh, you know, staying out till four o'clock in the morning regularly on the pints. But then I've always been pretty soft when it comes to drinking as well. So that probably explains that. Um, so people tend to not be focusing anywhere near enough on nutrition as they should be. And they tend to be very naive about its importance. Sleep, another big one. Um, some people can get away with not phenomenal sleep. I know some people who've managed to train and get pretty good progress with, you know, five, six hours as their regular uh, sleep, but they're probably outliers. That's probably not you. So, you know, you need to remember that sleep is the time when our body is rebuilding and getting stronger from training. We don't, we don't acutely get stronger by training. We actually get acutely get weaker, which is why you can't do, you know, a really heavy challenging set and then come back um, a few hours later and do the same weight again. Your body is in a recovery mode and uh, there's a temporary reduction in your performance when that happens. And then when you go to sleep at night, that's when a huge amount of the healing and recovering and gaining happens. So if you're shortchanging yourself by multiple hours of sleep per night, and it's very poor quality sleep because of bad habits that you have around how you set up your sleep and get ready for it, um, then that is gonna be another big reason for a plateau. Um, and bear in mind, as I say, all of these things can be tied to kind of those two psychological um, bad habits of either 
putting your focus in the wrong area or and or kind of being in denial about the fact that you're going to have to work harder on something to get those extra results. Um, the next one then would be probably effort. And this is sort of a, it's a, it's a gray area because there are some people whose problem is that they push too hard. Um, but something that I've tried to relay to people is the idea that there's a, there's a difference between um, putting a load of weight on, an, on a bar or on an exercise and just giving it a go and fatiguing yourself like that and potentially, you know, lining yourself up for injury or flaring up current injuries. That to me is not effort. Effort is actually um, picking an appropriate weight that you can control and which allows you to really fully tax yourself on an exercise. So there's a big difference between, you know, going into the gym and just deciding that you're going to max out because you want to lift heavy and doing a really crappy, grindy one rep max attempt that you miss and deciding that you're going to pick, say, 70% of your one rep max and take that to one or two reps in the tank. Those are two very different things, especially if it's one or two reps in the tank where all the reps are really nice, good-looking reps that you execute um, with great control. And that's the kind of thing that it takes time and probably one of the biggest things that helps people with it is when they train with other people. Um, you know, when I made my last batch of PRs and the big lifts, uh, probably the, the two biggest things that I changed was that I started um, really committing to eating a good bit more food. And then later on, starting to train with other people who were stronger than me and realizing that a lot of the time I was really just bullshitting myself about how hard I was finding the training and that miraculously, if I saw somebody bench pressing my squat, I was a lot more eager to push that bit harder on my next set. And it didn't always necessarily mean that I needed to add an extra 10 kilos onto the squat bar, but maybe that weight that I'd been telling myself, you know, five reps of that felt like I only had two reps in the tank. I got under it and I was able to bust out 10 reps with it because I really wanted to get stronger. Um, and you have to really want to push for PRs if you're going to get them once you pass that beginner stage. So, um, then the other thing that can play a factor is the program. Like the, I wouldn't, downplay the importance of a program entirely. You can be following a program that's really stupid. Um, and typically, if it is stupid, it's, it's basically got to be breaking one of the key principles for training. So the worst programs that I see where they're actually legitimately causing a roadblock to somebody's progress are ones that have some combination or one of either not enough specificity to the goal. So an example for that would be somebody who wants to increase their overhead press, for example, 
but they're really only doing the overhead press once a week. And then they have all these other exercises that they're trying to increase at the same time. But once you start getting stronger, you really have to pick and choose your battles. And even though there's that whole thing that, you know, you can, you can obviously um, work multiple things at the same time if they're kind of synergizing and going in the same direction. At a certain point, if you're getting the feedback that you're not getting any stronger, clearly that isn't good enough anymore. And you need to start, you know, at least practicing the target exercise a bit more regularly or making more of the other exercises you do uh, lean in that direction. So it could be something as simple as, you know, doing more incline work than flat bench work. Um, and working in like a second overhead press day. The other one would be not uh not utilizing progressive overload um this one tends to be more the case with absolute beginners i find the problem with progressive overload is that once you tell people about it they start abusing it and thinking that it you know you get obviously a huge increase in your strength and muscle if you've just been doing the same weights week in and week out for whatever months years and now you start adding two and a half or five kilos every session. But the beginner stage dupes you into thinking that that's something that can happen every single session and it just can't. So really it tends to be more like people are over utilizing progressive overload or over relying on just adding weight um, and, and not looking at other ways of, uh, of getting stronger with adding reps or trying to get stronger on a different exercise. Um, and then one that's probably a little bit more common would be like with the recovery one, um, there's some silly stuff people will do, like uh, a really common one that I've seen, again, tends to be more prevalent with beginners, is this idea of trying to like break what's meant to be one workout up into two or three smaller workouts so people will do this thing where you know they're meant to do a squat a bench press and pull-ups in a workout and they get through the squat and the bench and they don't have any time for the pull-ups at the ends they say oh i'll just do those tomorrow but then there's meant to be a day's rest in between and then they're meant to be working their pulling muscles in two days time so now they actually don't have any rest um and uh, the second workout ends up suffering as a result. Um, other common ones there would be just structuring the workouts in silly ways where there's, you know, supersets that work the same muscle groups. So, you know, particularly if you want to get stronger, if you're doing shit like supersetting your back squats with leg press or leg extensions that is not going to do wonders for getting your, your back squat stronger because it's going to directly limit the amount of weight that you can use on your back um granted i know people do that for hypertrophy training but uh that would be an example of how like just not understanding the principle of recovery could hinder stuff so it tends not to be when a program is standing in the way of somebody making progress, I've never seen it being the case that 
they're doing three sets instead of four sets or they're doing a dumbbell incline bench instead of a barbell incline bench those there's no way those kind of details can really make that much of a difference for anybody but super advanced people who really need to fine-tune things because good enough is good enough for anybody in the beginner or intermediate stage so it tends to be more that people are overlooking what should be blindingly obvious things um, that are are breaching the principles of good resistance training programs but all that being said probably one of the most important things you can do assuming that you are following a program that is in line with the principles of training is to follow one that you just firmly believe in and that you're really enthusiastic about doing because once you start doubting a program and looking for ways to chop and change it or one of the worst ones people do is like trying to combine two programs into one so you're now trying to meld two completely different training philosophies together uh, which is just a clusterfuck and a terrible idea. Um, so what you really need to do, if you, if you believe that the program is the issue, then you've kind of already manifested that as a reality because you're not going to push as hard on it as you could. You're probably going to be more likely to miss sessions, just not treat the exercises seriously. Um, so what you need to do is find a coach that you really vibe with their kind of philosophy and outlook on things. Um, select a program that you're excited about doing that you fully believe will get you stronger if you execute it. And the odds of that not working to help you set a PR if you put all that other big stuff that people tend to ignore in place like improving your nutrition, improving your sleep, etc. It's it's minuscule. It's really minuscule odds that you wouldn't make progress doing that. And it doesn't mean that you can't fine-tune things and learn from doing a program. Obviously, I've done that. It's it's not the case that I just uh, copy and paste all, you know, one program that I've done and do that over and over again. You do learn from things and you make changes, but they tend to not be radically different changes. Um, one example I could give is that I've learned over the years that I tend to do better and maybe because it just works within my philosophy and the way that I set things up, my clients do better by making most of the sets what I would call like ramping or pyramid sets. So basically building up towards a top set as opposed to doing sets across and, uh, essentially trying to take advantage of the warm-up effect that happens even when we've gotten past doing lightweights there tends to still be priming effects that happen that allow us to capitalize and either add a few reps on or get up to a higher weight by the time we're on our last set and i have done programs in before in the past that don't do that and you know i've had the experience of feeling crappy on the first set of uh of a set at a, a set weight and then by the time I'm on the last set, I actually feel like I could do more, but I can't because that's kind of locked into the program that you have to do all your sets at that weight. Um, I don't even know if that has radically changed my results from what would have happened if I stuck with the other way. 
but that's just one example. Um, but broadly speaking, our bodies are great adaptive machines. And as long as there's a pretty strong stimulus for it to move in a certain direction, um, it will move in that direction. If you want your bench press to go up and you on average start pushing a lot harder on your bench press and doing more bench pressy stuff and provide your body with the fuel, it has to get stronger or you would die. Um, that's basically the way your body sees it. It sees it as an, an adaptation for survival's sake. So if you don't honestly believe that you are sending signals to your body that makes it feel like it needs to get better at this thing in order to survive, then you really can't expect to hit a PR. And if you're dicking around with ideas of like, oh, maybe it's because I'm not doing the, my shoulder exercises with the optimal angle, uh, it should be at 45 degrees instead of straight out to the side. And that's why like my shoulders aren't growing or my triceps aren't growing because I'm doing cable push stands instead of the dumbbell tricep extensions. I saw that influencer doing on TikTok. That's an absolute crock of shit. There are loads of people who have gotten really strong using a plethora of different approaches. And the only thing they all have in common is that they've all done those basic principles and primarily stuck to the basic exercises of those big compound ones um, with the smaller, you know, isolation, single joint stuff sprinkled in to help you get that bit of extra work on the muscles. So a bit of a ramble there today. Uh, I don't know if I really achieved my goal of communicating that any more simply than the last podcast that I did, but it was definitely a more honest uh, piece of advice that I would give to people just based on what I've seen works. Um, you know, breaking plateaus doesn't happen by accident. Uh, it shouldn't be a surprise when you hit PRs. It's, it's a matter of fundamentally improving, improving the, uh, the fuel and support that you give your body, learning how to push harder in your training and, and finding what works for you. And a huge one is just putting yourself in an environment that's conducive to that. So I think a really massively overlooked one that I've mentioned loads of times on the podcast is getting around stronger people, uh, whether that's in some kind of community support thing, like dysfunctional, dysfunctional gains, just putting that out there. Um, or if you wanted to train with a training partner or join some kind of a local lifting club or something like that, um, we just have this competitive nature within a, a group or tribe hardwired into us. And there's very few people who won't respond positively to that and find that they can tap into that little bit more effort within themselves. Um, and also, ironically, people tend to just subconsciously start working more on the stuff that they know matters, like the sleep and the nutrition when they really want to try to compete against other people. So listen, I hope that was useful for you guys, uh, particularly if you are in a plateau yourself. Remember, plateaus are a part of training as well. There's nobody who trains that doesn't hit a plateau. It happens to everybody if you stick with it long enough. 
it's a positive thing. It gives you a chance to refine your processes and find out what you really need to be working on. And uh, really, like the people who know the most about training are the ones who've had to get through loads of plateaus and they start to notice what the patterns are. And uh, it's, it's pretty much that stuff that I went through. So um, if you guys have any thoughts that you want to pop in, there's a little box there um, somewhere around the, the episode where you can share your thoughts. Um, like I said, if you enjoyed the podcast, please leave it a five star rating. Um, obviously the more, you know, views or listens this gets, the more I will put out episodes. If you have any requests for a topic that you would like me to cover, feel free to send it on. If I think it's something that would be relevant and interesting to, um, to the listeners, then I'll of course make an episode on it. Okay. Until next time, guys, thank you for listening.